0: This is the show with Cannon Brown. And they ask you, you know, you get those county fairs or somewhere. That's like, can you judge all species? And it's like, I mean, I did in college, but prefer not to because, like, you can <laughs> you can sort you can sort forehead and you can find good from bad. But sometimes there's two great ones out there that it takes a real sheep guide to determine the difference between those two sheep, or a real hog guide to know the difference between those two hogs. And uh, I think sometimes we get. A little carried away with some of our evaluators, myself included. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you?
1: Welcome to another episode of the show. I'm your host, Cannon Brown. And welcome back, you guys. It's a crazy world we live in. You know? It is a crazy world we live in. World War Three is approaching. Um... Joe Rogan is spreading incredibly false information, according to Neil Young, and Nickelback. (laughs) Freaking Nickelback? And I was... I was just... When everyone shit on Nickelback, excuse my language, but when everyone literally shit on Nickelback, I might bleep that out for the children, but I might not. When everyone did that, I was there, I'm saying, look at this photograph, every time, it always makes me laugh, you know, I mean, it's, that's a great lyric, It's a, they make great songs, you don't have to be a hater of Nickelback just because everyone else is, but then, I don't want to get too much into it, but I mean, come on. Really? You're going to pull the music from Spotify? I mean, really? You're you're going to lose this war. You're going to lose it. Look at this photograph. Look at this graph. Get out of here with that, okay? Look at these views. Look at these downloads on the Joe Rogan experience. I hate to be one of those guys that's like, oh, the Joe Rogan experience, I love it. But listen, but listen. I do listen. (laughs) I do listen to the podcast. And I genuinely think he's coming from an unbiased perspective and and trying to... I mean, there's 40 million people that have listened to those episodes uh, of The Doctors, Peter McCullough and Robert Malone, or whatever his name is. I don't know. I might have just nailed that, actually. But there's 40 million downloads on those episodes, each of them. I mean, there's a lot of people that are listening to this. I'm assuming that people that, I'm, that are listening to this right now have maybe heard those episodes uh, and know what I'm talking about. I don't necessarily think there's a lot of false information being spread. Now, what does scare me is this whole Ukraine-Russia crisis here. Very interesting. Can we all agree it's pretty intriguing? Can we all agree that no one is paying any attention to it except, like, three people on social media? And, like, one of them is Philip DeFranco, and he's just, like, a he was, like, a YouTube guy. And he gives, like, the most in-depth one-minute videos. Can we all just realize that there... I, I haven't... Like, I know there's stuff out there about this conflict, and we're learning more and more as... Uh, Russia kind of brings in troops. Ukraine gets ready. the us. is doing whatever we're doing. Maybe we want war, probably. Don't hate me for that comment audience that is mostly right wing. But we probably do want a little bit of war. I mean it's it'd probably be good for the economy for our inflation and um, Russia and Ukraine. that'd be a great spot for it, right? in the in the frigid in the frigid cold. Gosh dang! So Russia and Ukraine—that's that's a that's a bit scary to me. That's that's a bit on the nose, to where you're like, mm, is this a little bit more? Is this a little bit more than it is? And guess what? I'm gonna have a special guest next week. Uh, I think I'm gonna have Mister Kirk Swanee Kirk Swanson, back on the podcast, and. Maybe he'll talk for four hours this time. Last time it was like two and a half hours, two, hour, two hours and 45 minutes. I might get him to talk for four hours because we chatted the other day about him being back on the podcast and we talked for an hour and a half. And I didn't say... I maybe said five words, guys. Go back and listen to the episode and count how many words I say. Like genuine words that I say between him talking. I, I really... I. I don't get a word in and it's not because he's doing something wrong. It's because I'm just like, you can talk forever. I'll just, I'll just bask in it. And, and Kirk Swanson is deep in this stuff. Like really, really deep in it. Like almost too deep for a pig farmer in Iowa to be in this deal. But uh, whatever, we'll get into that later. But Kirk's going to be on. We're going to have him on next week. Uh, I believe, I hope that we can sit down for an interview. Um, Actually, we're probably going to do it on Thursday. So when you're listening to this, I might be sitting down with Kirk Swanson for next week. So, besides next week, when we talk about a whole bunch of shiznat, I have an episode for you this week, as you can see. And it is with Mr. Zane Mackey. Zane hails from... The Isle of Torrington, Wyoming. It's not an island, um, but it sure as hell could be uh, because there are some interesting folks. And we talk about it in the interview, but there's a lot of high quality livestock around there. Uh, I mean, millers are there. Never heard of them. Uh, there's a bunch of sheep guys there. Um, there's, there's just so much in a concentrated area where he's from that it's kind of it makes sense that he's livestock oriented uh i I, we didn't really talk about it in this episode but his his parents showed cattle so he kind of has a little bit of background before he started showing sheep and stuff Uh, but a great guy fantastic guy we have a lot of the same background Uh, we both went to casper i'd never really met him until many years after casper um, but I knew him I knew his I, I knew his his name I knew his brother's name It was kind of one of those deals Where you're like Oh yeah they used to judge here They're off doing other things um, They're just older than me So I was like Ah yeah whatever But me and Zane Kind of got back together When he was judging shows Down here in Arizona He judged a couple of them And we got together Sat down uh, Or I told him That we need to sit down For an interview So we finally got it done So I hope you guys like it I talked for extremely long In this intro extremely long. I don't know why, but I just feel talkative today. Go listen to the Keeper Pin. Go listen to Cattle Pros. Go listen to Legendary Mindset. Um, if you listen to all the episodes already, just here's a quick trick. Go to your downloads page in your podcast deal, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and delete all those downloads. And then just go through the show with Cannon Brown, Cattle Pros, Legendary Mindset, The Keeper Pin, after you've deleted all your downloaded episodes, go back and re-download all of them. That It erases it from your mind. It erases it from your phone. Um, and then you just get to listen to them all over again. Just go back and re-download them all over again. Just delete them, re-download them, okay? The Keeper Pin, Cattle Pros, the show with Cannon Brown that you're listening to right now, Legendary Mindset. That's enough of me talking. Let's do it, Mr. Zane Mackey. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. You're in, dude. Mm-hmm. You're in the podcast, right? This is this, You're in, dude. This is what in, it is. In like Flynn. In like Flynn. I've never heard that one before, but I'm <laughs> going to take your word for it that that's an actual <laughs> saying. It is now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> dude, uh, how's work today? <laughs> busy and cold. So, how much time do I have from you? How oh, much time until your boss comes in and says, "Get off the phone"?
0: Man, I don't know. Well,
1: I guess we're <laughs> by year. So we're doing a four-hour podcast today, folks. Just hunker <laughs> down. We're going to take a little bit of Zane's time here at, uh, of his workday.
0: Yeah, keeps
1: Perfect.
0: me out. The, keeps me out of the snow, so I'm okay with it for now. Are you still in Torrington?
1: I'm in Bridger, Montana today. Oh, Bridger, Montana.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, God. is that your home base? No. Well, well,
0: my office is here. But then I, uh, <clears throat> in Powell, drive back and forth. And
1: then we go to uh,
0: Terry, Montana, too. There's a beanery over there. So go to that one quite often as well.
1: Very nice. How much snow do you have up there in Montana?
0: Oh, I think we got like an inch here in Bridger today.
1: There's yeah. a um, there's a, a ski resort in Bridger, isn't there? Um, <clears throat> there's one right over in Red Lodge, which is like oh Red
0: Lodge. I don't know, twenty miles away.
1: Uh, this is like we're just talking with each other, but the, the the listeners don't want to hear this. But how close are you to like Columbus, Columbus, Montana? Hey, <laughs> I don't even know where that is. Oh, it's a small little town outside of Billings, but it's like in between Billings and and Red Lodge.
0: Oh, I would You ever been,
1: you you know what Midland, the (laughs) the Bull Test, you know where Midland is? Yeah. Right there. That's where Columbus is. How close are you to there? Oh, man. I can Google it. (laughs) No, don't worry about it. (laughs) Ridiculous. I'm just asking nonchalant questions here. Just don't worry about me. Just curious as to where your locale is.
0: Well, now I don't know where it is.
1: Well, you, you're going to have to get more tuned up on your Montana geography, I think, if you're going to spend some, a little bit of time up there. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's 45 so, minutes away.
1: 45? Yeah. Interesting. Very nice. Well, so what are you doing? I, 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 You kind of explained to me what your job is. I don't really know what your job is. You, you're pretty general. So explain to me what you're doing
0: now. Oh field rep of some dry beans so but mainly just pinto beans and so from casper north we just work with growers um, in terms of contracting seed and then work with them throughout the summer as they're growing them so we'll do like weekly visits out in their fields and walk through look for plant diseases and things like that some of them will have like worm traps you know some cut worm traps and stuff so we'll change the pheromone and stuff in those and then in the fall, we'd take in some harvest and man, just package them, clean them, and send them all over. Are there a lot of beans grown up there? Um, I mean, I there's a. I'll tell you this: when I moved up here, I did not think there was as much farming up here as there is, and it was kind of a little bit uh, blow my mind. Really? Yeah, I thought Montana was just kind of a ranchy country. Did not know there's as many farmers as there is
1: yeah especially in like eastern right eastern montana there there there's a bunch of farmland on that on the plains yeah we uh, have a pile more growers over there in eastern montana than we probably do over here hmm. yeah i guess that makes sense i just never really thought of growing pinto beans in montana and wyoming i, I never really had that thought <laughs> <laughs> i know right well it's just in one it's a it's a pretty good
0: rotational crop for people um, and then, two, you know, you get to hang out with awesome bean guys like us. So uh, it's kind of a win win.
1: Now, what does it do for the soil as a rotational crop?
0: Man, you're going to make me actually have to think today. Well, um, I'm just,
1: I, I'm asking as someone that doesn't know either. Uh, I mean, I, I've got to, you got to like expect that it adds. Um, a little bit of nitrogen or something I mean that's good for the soil right? Yeah so um, it adds a little bit of something right
0: mm-hmm I mean each so we do so many different beans and so each bean is kind of does something different but we have like you know um, pinos and kidney beans and everything like
1: that but um, yeah. Fair how, yeah how uh, when' did you start this job? August? August. Okay, you're new, so don't worry about it, dude. You're still learning. Oh like, man, you're, 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 more every day. You're just thrown into this deal. Yeah, yeah. We'll get you on in like a few years, and then you'll be like, "Can you want to shut up?" and <laughs> Ask me more about pinto beans now, so yeah. I, so I can school you. So man, let's. I came um,
0: right at harvest, and it was just kind of like grading beans every other day, and it was just kind of a lot at once.
1: Yeah, man, that's that's got to be difficult.
0: No, it's, it's, it's definitely different and fun. I mean yeah, I mean that's always like to that's learn a something great way to be,
1: That's a great way to be thrown into something, though, right?
0: Oh yeah, it's all trial by fire, too.
1: It's just <laughs> figured it out. Yeah, that's yeah. almost the best way to learn. At least for me, I, I feel like if, if someone just kind of throws me into something and, and we're really busy, or, mm-hmm. or like you, it's a time crunch you have more of an incentive to kind of learn faster and you're, you're like, okay, let's go. Right. And you want to, you want to impress. I mean, I always figure like when you start something new, you're always going to be really good at the beginning just because you're trying to make it known that you're a good worker. I mean, it, I think we all go through that starting a new job. I mean, I, at least I do. I, I definitely like, I mean, I try to work hard at all times, but at the beginning of something that I'm trying new, I always like to just put in a little extra effort just to make sure.
0: Right. And then, yeah. you know, if that way, one, I guess, too, is like that way you're not just babied all the time. Like, exactly. Uh, you know, you're not ready for that yet. You're not ready for that yet. And so you're always just trying to one, always get better. My dad always told me like, if you're not good enough to be the top five in something, don't do it. <laughs> like, i don't know if he's just embarrassed to be around us or whatever but, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, like I, I think that correlates to everything too
1: yeah i think so too so let's um let's get to your origin story here you're we're going we're talking to you as like your superhero here your origin stories do you like superhero movies oh
0: man you get me a little tony Stark, some iron man in there
1: Oof! did you see that new spider-man do you like spider-man
0: I did. I've seen a bunch of TikToks about it. I haven't seen it.
1: Oh, buddy, you got to go see that one.
0: Well, I feel like all the the good parts are now ruined for me because I saw it all on TikTok. We got the old two original Spider Mans popping out on there.
1: Okay, well, you didn't. Okay, <laughs> how dare you? Spoiler alert!
0: I said spoiler I, I, alert in there. You did not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There are there are ears in here that might not have known that first of all, and then and don't spend their time on TikToks getting Spider Man spoilers. That's first of all, it's kind of on you. Uh, oh, no, I just, just want to say that if I before I saw it, if I saw anything, and I don't go on TikTok too much, but when I do, I really try to train my algorithm. So like <laughs> like, in this sounds really weird, but like I'm in a relationship, so. Any gals on there? I try to swipe really fast, so the algorithm's like, "No, nah, we don't need to show them that." Any like funny <laughs> things? I like to spend my time on that. Any Spider Man spoilers? I swiped as fast as I could, so I was like, "Algorithm, Chinese algorithm, do not spoil this for me." And then I saw, and then, and then I was fine to watch the TikToks after. But you you got to train that algorithm, saying I. I really think you have to look into that.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I. Man, I get so bored sometimes and it's just like, wow, I guess I'm gonna watch well, actually more so it's like I'm gonna sit here tonight and I'm gonna get on TikTok for ten minutes before I go to bed and next thing I know I'm been it's on. It's two it for hours hour. later. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I've been in that dude. I um I would like to sit here and say that I set a timer. I don't set a timer. Who, who actually says, have you heard that? Where people are like, set a timer for yourself on your phone for 45 minutes and then you have to get off TikTok.
0: Oh yeah, they have like the, what is it? The social media uh, timers on their phone or oh the my gosh. or then you get like the bedtime reminder on your phone. Like it's Yeah, over. exactly.
1: And we're excluding some people out of the conversation right now, but I think everyone's aware of the TikTok phenomena. And I think everyone has scrolled to the point where they're like, hey, it's that guy where he's like, Hey, you've been scrolling for way too long. And I, <laughs> I want to hit that guy in the mouth every time he, he comes across my page. I want to reach in there and pull him to my side of the screen and shut his mouth. Because how dare he?
0: Oh, yeah. It's, it's their fault I was watching him anyway.
1: I mean, honestly. And I know they're like, hey, you need to like check yourself before you wreck yourself. But... <laughs> it's 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 addicting and and i'm always looking for the next funniest thing. they it, it, they really have done a fantastic job. Oh, 100%. so <clears throat> origin stories that's where we got on that tangent. yeah. you're from torrington, correct? i don't i, yep. I am correct there. mm mm-hmm. mhm. now w- what a great town torrington is. you know, i mean There are, I think there's a couple celebrities that have come out of that town, Um, a couple of well-known figures, and it's such a quaint eastern corner, or not even, I mean, just a little corner town. Uh, I fell in love with it, dude, and I know you're from there, so you might have a little bit of a hatred for it, some love for it as well. I love it. Oh, okay, good. So we're on the same page here. Oh, yeah. I, how, I, what, I, how was it to grow up there? Man, it was good. I mean, we
0: were able to do any activity we wanted to do, involved in anything we wanted to be involved in. I mean, our parents helped with that, too, um, obviously. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, the community was always good. Um, they're very supportive in anything. I mean, like livestock-wise – They were always supportive. I mean, anybody finds success, they're always the first ones to tell you congratulations or anything like that. Or um, you go into junior and senior college judging and, you know, your team gets pictures or whatever posted. Always those people in the community are always the first ones to reach out and tell you good job or whatever. So I don't know. I I love the community there. Plus, it's just a really ag-based community, which is awesome.
1: It really is. Uh, and it's very supportive of that. And for me coming from, uh, like a more populated centralized area of Phoenix, um, Southern Phoenix. So we're not in like downtown, but it was pretty congested and we had the outskirts and my family had land a little bit of land and, um, but nothing like living in Torrington. I mean, I remember when, uh, pick took me there when we were like freshmen in college Right. And I was like, dude, you live here, man? Like I, I like I was like, this is your town right here? I'm like that oh, all you you have a sugar beet factory and a feed lot? <laughs> I'm like, that, that's pretty much it. And the McDonald's, which everybody like, don't disrespect the McDonald's of Torrington or else you'll get sucked to the mouth, I guess. But I mean, that was like one of the coolest things to come. I mean, unfortunately,
0: like we lost a bowling alley in this place called the Chicken Hut which was to die for, but... Oh, rough. I mean, just the handiness of McDonald's is number one.
1: Yeah. Now, your ag teacher, did you have
0: Grony? No, I had I had three different ag teachers. I had Randy Epler, um, Ashley, well, now Fitzsimmons, and then I had Jay Clapper.
1: Okay. Now, yeah. that seems like, I mean... Did they have that many teachers? Did they always have three ag teachers at that school? No, my freshman
0: year I had Randy Eppler and then he became the principal in Torrington.
1: Um, And then I had Ashley and
0: then she took on New Endeavors. Um, And then I had uh, Jay Clapper, who is there now. Because I I didn't go to school in Torrington. I went to Southeast, which is a little town like 15 miles south of Torrington.
1: Now, why didn't you go to uh, Torrington?
0: Well, where the school buses are the county road line for like to go to Torrington and then the school bus to go to Southeast. We were the one road to go to Southeast like the very next road over. So <laughs> we went to Southeast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, did you have a good experience? Did you like it?
0: Oh, loved it. I good. mean,
1: it was I mean, it was a tiny
0: school. I think my graduating class had 25 people in it. So
1: Oh my gosh, dude! That that just astounds me. I had almost seven hundred people in my graduating class.
0: Oh man, I think I knew every single person from fifth grade all the way to my graduating class by name. (laughs) That's so
1: wild. Um, I I might have told this story on here before, so I apologize to the listeners. But I, when I was at my graduation ceremony, ceremony they sit us all down. It's seven hundred kids. And just just shy of 700. I don't know anybody that I'm sitting next to. I might know, like, I I know, like, a couple people in the row in front of me, maybe one person in the row behind me. The valedictorian gets on stage. I never have seen her, heard her name. Like, I didn't know who she was at all. And first of all, she was taking different classes than I was, I think, because she had, like, a four- point eight or whatever the highest thing i I don't even know what the highest thing is that's how different classes we were taking but i was astounded that i was just at my graduation and it was okay but i didn't know anybody next to me i didn't know the valedictorian and the um what's the second one who's the salutatorian salutatorian She doesn't listen, so I don't care about bashing her on this. She literally stole the graduation speech from Twilight. Like, I I don't know which movie it's from. It might be the second, it might be the third, but there's a graduation speech when they all graduate, and she, word for word, stole it. I mean, I've never, I've, that movie I mean, I,
0: was like a cultural phenomenon. So it I mean, was, yeah, but I've that.
1: never forgiven her for it for <laughs> not giving me original content. I, I just, I can't ever forgive her for it. <laughs> she she had writers in Hollywood write her speech for her, and I just, I I cannot let that happen. Oh, well, that's awesome. That's, that's fair though, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> You um You did extemp in FFA, didn't you? I did. Now Which was what? that was
0: I mean I always like to think that I can well <clears throat> my brother and I pride ourselves when we go back to our grandmas on just making up stories and just kind of feeding off of each other to make up the most bizarre story we can for her. Um, <laughs> as see if like can, as children, oh, like still to this day. <laughs> oh no could, way! <laughs> to see if we can get her to believe it, um, and so I think can that I have an example still, really quick. Oh man. I mean, just give me a a, little snippet. Brody and I are driving home one time, and there's just a donkey in the middle of the road. I mean, (laughs) just had to swerve right out of the way. The donkey, nobody had a just serious face the whole time. Brody looked at me and said, What was that? And I just donkey. We just kept driving like it's nothing. And she was like, No, you're lying. We're like, No, I'm dead serious, Grandma. So, I mean, that was just one of them.
1: What's the percentage that she believes you, you think?
0: Oh, man. I think, like, probably 40% of the time she believes us. But there's, like, 80% of the time she makes us feel like she believes us. Okay. When did you start that? Oh, man. I think we were, like, 12.
1: (laughs) So you were, like, you were already training with just making up little stories and monologues even before you were in FFA, basically. Oh, yeah. That's pretty wild, dude. So you already had some training.
0: <laughs> I guess. So you enjoyed. Time. Were
1: you were you good at extemp, extemporaneous? And for those that don't know what extemporaneous uh, speech is, Zane, please enlighten them.
0: Um, So you get a topic. Well, you do a bunch of research on your topics. And then you get like, I, man, I don't even know what those FA rules are anymore. But I think you got like 30, 45 minutes to prepare a five- minute speech and then you yeah, did,
1: don't they give you like uh they give you, draw, you like five or six options right or you, ten you draw, options?
0: you draw three you well they give you like 30 topic list and then you draw three and those are the three topics you get to choose from you pick one and then you
1: go prepare it then you have 45 minutes to prepare 30 30 to 45 minutes to prepare a three to five minute speech or something like that
0: yep and then then you got to answer questions on it I'll never forget, and I was, what was it, we were going to district speech before state convention, and Ashley Fitzsimmons was my ag teacher, and I remember we got in the vehicle, and she goes, Zane, whatever you do, I don't care what topic you pick, but if you get eminent domain, do not talk about it, and I wanted to just talk about it, and she was like, do not, so, well, it ended up being one of my topics I drew, and of course, that's exactly what I picked, and I remember... Like opening it up and talking, and I I remember the words imminent domain came out of my mouth, and I remember she just put her head in her hands like, oh, he does not listen.
1: Oh, no. Why didn't she want you to do a speech about imminent because domain? Because it was definitely not the best one I could have chosen. But Well, why, why were you so impassioned to do one about imminent domain? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't even know. I just, man... I felt like you were oh, a rebel, was, weren't you? I was oh a little bit. I was really confident about it, and I think back on it now, I probably should have listened, but <laughs> it it worked out for the best anyway.
1: What a great contest, though. I mean, it's it really helps you think on your feet. And I never did it personally. I judged a couple um, while I uh, served on the junior board, uh, but. I never did it personally. I always wish I would have, um, but it really is very impressive when you can give like a 15 year old, for example, a list mm-hmm. of three topics and they can go just create a speech and for three to five minutes. And they might be adding a lot of fluff to it and they might be using a limited supply of statistics and research that they've combined and they're, knowledge but it is it it, like it's so impressive when they just come out and they're like if you come out confident i'm gonna believe you here let's go man i and, and
0: the best part about those speaking things is like then you get to like times where you don't even think i mean obviously then going into livestock judging all those obviously helps too but then like uh what is it i got i i officiated my little brother's wedding And like standing up in front of all the people, like you're just not nervous to be up there. I mean, you're reading off of a script anyway, but um, it's just all those people, their eyes are not on you. They're on the two people you're officiating, but it's just kind of that moment um, makes it so
1: much easier. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, you've you've had an abundance of that training, too. I mean, with reasons uh, throughout your years of judging in FFA, <laughs> you judged in 4 H too?
0: I didn't do any livestock judging at all until I got to college.
1: Really? Mm hmm. So, why it, did they not have a program at your school?
0: No, I just did most uh, well, so my older brother livestock judged,
1: and I didn't want
0: to do what Brody did. <laughs> so, Fair I enough. did extemp and uh, ag sales, and then I. Um, Talked to Burkett at a show. And Burkett was like, why don't you come to Casper? And I was like,
1: why not? And then, Why it- not? <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, I think that's how our conversation went too. He called me out of the blue and was like, hey, just come up to Wyoming. You don't know anything about it. And I said, yeah, that sounds like a fantastic idea. You at least <laughs> kind of knew what was going on because Brody had been there, right? Yep. Yeah. And how far how old is Brody compared to you? How how much older?
0: Uh he's three years older than me. So okay. his coach, he had what was it, his freshman year, Colby Birch was the coach, and then mm-hmm. uh Burkett took over
1: right after. So interesting. Pat both of those guys are past podcast guests, by the way. So shout out to the podcast. That's that's just a dusting off my shoulders, Pam. So There you Um, go. I'm just shouting out names now, so don't worry about me. I'm going to edit this out, actually, (laughs) because I've just realized how horrible that sounded. I'm not (laughs) editing out. I'm not. Okay, so you get to Casper. You've been showing sheep uh, pretty competitively, I'm assuming. Oh, no. Competitively Um, for the time, at
0: least. I think the first year we won the county fair was that summer before I went to Casper.
1: Okay. But were you at Goshen? Yep. That's a hard county fair though, right? I mean, that's a that's a pretty tough county fair.
0: Yeah, um I think it's I mean, I'm people in Wyoming might hang me, but I think it's one of the top 5 county fairs
1: in the state of Wyoming. I mean, I I don't care if people do get mad at me, like and I know people are like, "Oh, a Wyoming I, County Fair," but it's actually like This Eastern Wyoming County Fair is actually pretty dang good.
0: I mean, it's not a a lot of numbers either. For a time, I think if you went to the Wyoming State Fair, like there was a stretch in there. I think Goshen County had won the sheep show three years in a row. They'd won the pig show between two families probably 15 times in a row. At the Uh, state fair? Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, and they won the steer show too a couple times, didn't they?
0: uh, Well, I think they – I don't know if they ever got it done, but I know they always had one in the drive.
1: And mm. then I know in the goat
0: show, it was probably four or five times. And I know this last year, Goji County won the sheep show, the goat show. Um, had a couple in the drive and the pig show. Definitely won a couple breeds. So, I mean, it's always competitive there.
1: Yeah. No, it's it, it is a very competitive eastern Wyoming show. It's so crazy to think that, like, there's a lot of quality in that area, but there actually is. And not a lot of numbers either. I mean, I don't know how it's grown since I've been. It's been probably six or seven years, I guess now. But when I was there, it, it had had numbers, but it wasn't anything crazy.
0: Oh know? yeah, it's uh, it's, it's such a, the just the livestock there. Like I told all the kids when I was at EWC, like if you wanted to be a seed stock kid and come and work on seed stock cattle, there's 50 different guys around there i mean you want to be club calves it's one of the best ones in the country right down the road i mean you want to jump in on some show sheep there's four or five of them right around like the only one we struggled on was hogs but like i mean in the spring there was people trading pigs in and out of there it was i mean it's just a livestock community
1: yeah it really is um and you're right i mean there's just so much quality around that area um And it's condensed into just a small little corner. It's it's a fantastic area, dude. I mean, I lived there for a summer. I'm not going to claim that I know a lot about Torrington. (laughs) But it was very nice to be out there and just to experience that for as little time as I was out there. Right. So not super competitive showing a sheep. Uh, in high school. Did you show, did you show anything else?
0: Oh, we, when I first started showing in 4-H, we showed some cattle there for a bit, but like, um, we kind of got out of that and we're kind of into sports and then we got into sheep and then it all just started like my older brother and I, well, I showed and uh, man, I was not very good, but I was like, it was when we were first learning trying to figure it all out and that whole time you had to just be that annoying kid that asked everybody a question or you would go sit in a chair and just watch somebody and be like, Hey man, can I just sit here and watch you clip that leg or what are you drenching? Why, why are you doing that? How are you feeding that thing? And then actually go home and put it to work. And so I, I'm not going to lie. I sucked, (laughs) but, uh, my little brother's got to reap all the rewards and,
1: uh, they had a very successful show career.
0: <laughs> so.
1: Well, yeah, you just kept being a sponge, just soaking stuff up even after you were done showing and just mm-hmm. kind of continued to bring the, bring that knowledge, bring the tricks of the trade back to your brothers, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you go to Casper, you, you judge for two years. Um, did you like Casper at all? Oh, I loved it. Okay, good. I, I, I'm glad we're on the same. Did you like Casper at the time, or do you do you look back at it now and say I love it? Man,
0: I I enjoyed my time at school probably more than I should have. Um, well, but you and a, me both. It was an awesome time. Uh, Casper was just a man. It was such a good school.
1: I completely agree, and and. I remember at the towards the end of my two years there, I started to. I was like, hey, I got to get out of Wyoming, and I don't know why, but I was like, I just got to get out of Wyoming. It's probably because I spent the summer there too and and lived in Torrington because I hadn't been home in a while. I was a little homesick, right? But, but dude, I the the dorm atmosphere. I know it's fun to get houses with your friends. You go to Butler and all that, and they put you up in houses. But we were. The fact that we were just in dorms and they put us all kind of in the same hallway and the dorms were really nice. I don't know if you had the same dorms, did you? You did, right? Oh yeah, I got them the, the new dorms
0: here, so the cameras didn't work yet and Oh uh, my gosh, it was Man, it was it and like you could still you could do a lot more things I think at the time with like the pool table upstairs and everything and the kitchens. Yeah, and we didn't even have
1: they took out the pool table by the time I got there, so
0: Yeah. So, so that was sweet. We had a pile of stuff in there. Man, they had like a game room in there. They had like rooms on the end of the hallways with those couches and stuff. But then on that first floor, there's a a giant room with like, oh man, I don't know. There's like 50 beanbag chairs in there and a giant TV.
1: Yeah. It was great, dude. They they had they had a great little dorm facility that was brand new. They had a great cafeteria that was brand new. I I went there and was like, and I felt immediately very comfortable with the size because it felt like just like kind of a larger version of my high school, not in like the, the numbers of people there on campus was about the numbers of my high school. Um, Mm -hmm. But the size of it was much larger. You being from a smaller area, was that kind of a large difference just to be seeing people on campus every day? I mean, having people interact with every day. How was that for you?
0: No, I mean, I think I transitioned pretty well because Man, we did so many activities and every other thing you always had to, I mean, through 4-H and all that stuff. Man, we knew about everybody we went with or playing sports. You knew everybody there. And so it was like, uh, and then just the ag classes and stuff at at Casper, man, I don't know the way – Burkett and then facilitated that where you got to say your names and they embarrass you with your emails and everything right there at the very beginning. Like (laughs) you get pretty welcomed into meeting everybody right off the bat.
1: I always forget that there were days where they would just be like, yeah, like we'd just be walking to the calf and they would be like, yeah, I haven't talked or I'd be walking with Josh Barry or something, Tyler pick and pod. And they'd be like, yeah, I went to high school with him, played sports with him, but we don't talk like, and it was like almost everybody that they knew But I didn't know because they were just, like, not friends with them. But they were like, yeah, we we knew each other a couple years back, but we don't really talk anymore. It's crazy how small of a world Wyoming is when you really think about it. The fact that there's only 500,000 people around there, it might have actually jumped up quite a bit since the whole pandemic deal. I bet a lot of people are moving there. But under a million. Easily. Easily. And that's – I mean, there's – there's six million people in the metropolitan Phoenix area. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's freaking insane, dude. I, I like. It was a culture shock for me a little bit, but I I really really enjoyed my time at Casper.
0: Yeah, it was a good time, man. I and and some of the people I met are just awesome, and uh, <laughs> teammates I had are good dudes, and it was
1: awesome. Yeah. I hadn't
0: seen a few of them. Went to one of their weddings this summer, and it was kind of a, a pretty neat deal. All of us getting back together, so
1: that's always a good time. Oh yeah, and you um, you went to Western right after Casper, didn't you?
0: Yeah, for just for a semester.
1: Yeah, you pulled the what I did at Tech. We we have a lot <laughs> in common with our stories here. <laughs> you went to Western for a semester. I went to Tech for a semester. You went to you went back to Wyoming, right? Yep. And then I went back to Arizona. We we actually have a lot in common with our stories here. So I, I've i been pretty uh, uh, candid with why I didn't really like tech. I I mean, I like the people. I love the people. It wasn't anything with the coaches. I just got to – I don't know how to explain it. I just got a really bad vibes. Um, and it, it, I don't really want to go to, into it again. But right. generally, what kind of – Made you not want to stay uh, in Macomb, Illinois?
0: I, I loved it. I loved the coaches. I loved Miles Tinius and uh, Mark Hoag, and everybody on my team was awesome. And, and honestly, some of the best friends I made in my life came from that one semester there. Um, financially, it just was not a good decision for me to be out of state paying rent, paying a vehicle payment, paying for school when I could come back to Wyoming for like a sixteenth of a price, um, it just was better for me to be back at home. And with my brother and I doing our sheep operation, it was a lot easier for me to be two hours away
1: rather than 13. Yeah. Yeah, you're speaking my language too. I mean, that's Texas Tech as a, a out-of-state resident was very, very expensive. Um, and... The U of A, which is still a little expensive, was very just like you said, very very cheap. Now I have a little bit. I would have loved to. I wish I wasn't so burned out on Wyoming at my <laughs> after my two years at Casper because I would have loved to judge for Caleb Boardman, mm-hmm. and I, he's just such a good guy. He's gonna have such a tenured career as a livestock coach and just to say that i had been coached by him would have been an honor and i'll have him on again here soon i would love to have him back on so caleb if you're listening but that's one of my regrets kind of is i'm like dude why were you so burnt out in wyoming you should have just gone there straight from casper or after that tech run i was talking to caleb again and we were trying to figure things out but then i was like hi i was kind of homesick again just so Went back to AZ. So I think back on that, I'm like, gosh, dang, I should have went to Wyoming. Wouldn't have never met my girlfriend, been dating her for like three years now. Love her. So uh, wouldn't change a thing. But, God, that would have been such a great time. And we potentially could have been on the same team, I think. Couldn't we have? Yeah, probably. I mean, I was
0: on – Stalkup was on my team. And uh, Garrett Barton – he does it right about that same time. And uh uh who else was
1: on that team? Tyler? Yep, Tyler Bauer. Tyler Bauer. Uh, well, Bernhardt now. Um Yeah, that was a good team. So I mean we could have been we could have been a dream team for Wyoming, I think. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh
0: we had a lot of fun on that team. Oh, you guys you guys,
1: and you guys were a, you guys were an unbelievable team and you guys kind of set a new standard and I know it's isn't the team done at Wyoming now? I heard rumors. Uh, they're in a
0: coaching transition, and so they are not taking a team this year.
1: Okay. I hope they get back on it. Um, but you guys initially were kind of the, one of those first two teams that set the standard to where it was like, oh, Wyoming's kind of b- coming back in the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, we were, what, top ten everywhere we went. We were top five at San Antonio. Um. I don't know how long it had been for Wyoming to do that. I mean, it had obviously been done before us. Um there's a lot of talented guys that are old enough to be my dad that went to Wyoming at a time. Um but yeah, they were they were on the right path and then Curtis got there and Curtis kept the momentum going and so I think
1: it was a very good deal. Yeah. Do you, do you know where they're looking for coaches? We're going to spill some beans here. Don't mind
0: me. <laughs> and I have no idea.
1: Don't lie to me here. I know you're in the I, end with those guys. I don't know anything. Okay. <sighs> I wish I did. What's that? You looking for a job? You looking <laughs> to get your master's while you're while you coach a little bit? Or
0: man, I think there's a, a couple guys there that uh, are coaching at the moment that have some of those that are pretty qualified. I just hope they put their name in there.
1: Yeah, I I do too because I really think that program um has the potential to be really, really good. I mean, we've already seen it uh, on the upward trend of just somebody can keep that momentum going. And I know it's going to mm-hmm. be a little difficult when they um, take this year off, but I'm just hoping that they can kind of get back to it. Oh, for sure. But So you loved Wyoming. Um, the University of Wyoming, I should say. <laughs> and... Now and right after you graduate, you were kind of just hustling i like I remember us just talking, you were just like, yeah, I'm just kind of just doing day jobs, judging shows, doing random stuff, yeah, I did so, everything
0: man. I yeah was, how
1: like what how was that period in time? It was awesome,
0: man we were I was everywhere doing anything and everything under the sun, it seemed like, and then uh helping with the judging team at e w c which was. Absolutely awesome. Um, doing the sheep deal full-time with my brother. Oh, man. Clipping Bulls. Kind of doing it all. It was Beautiful. great.
1: That's it. That sounds incredible. Let's shout out EWC, by the way, judging program. Shout out. They always go to Arizona. I think they always go to Arizona Nationals. I hope they still do. They but, do. Okay, good. So let's shout them out really quick because every year – Before I even went to Casper, I saw them like a couple years in a row. And then when I got to Casper, I was like, Casper doesn't even send people down here. And Mm -hmm. AWC is sending like a trailer load of sheep and some kids to judge. I'm like, that's one thing about AWC,
0: man. They've got the show team, they've got the livestock judging team. And AWC, one, it's a good school. There's so many good people and faculty there. I mean, I'm going to do a shout out. For myself here, but that Georgia Young Love is the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. Um, there at DWC, um, and uh, yeah, they yeah. they, so many kids have come there and they like, man, and and they're finding success now. Like I know a few kids that I coached. One kid was top ten at Denver and the Sheep and Goats. One kid went on to UW and. Marked a card at every contest for Boardman. I, I think he was probably one of the top three kids on the team. Um, and they're still continuing to have some success. I know a kid got his name shouted out at, at Louisville um, for top ten in sheep
1: and goats. So, yeah. yeah. No, it is – that school doesn't get shouted out enough. It kind of just gets forgotten about a little bit, especially when it comes to um, – Junior colleges in that area. I mean, everybody thinks NJC, Casper, uh, Powell, um, and oh, where's the other one right in there? Cheyenne at El Trip. Cheyenne, yeah, El Trip. Yeah, no one, but everyone forgets about um, EWC, and we, we just got to shout them out. So that's your, that's your two minutes of shouting out, EWC, shout out. Heck yeah. I hope they clip that and they put it on their recruitment video.
0: Man, I hope me, so, too.
1: Pay me 5000 EWC. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, don't worry about it. I'm editing that out. Don't worry. EWC, <laughs> I'm lying. So, yeah, you were just, you were grinding, honestly, and I respected that about you. So when we got to talking, when we initially sat down to actually have this, you were judging a show in Arizona, um, mm-hmm. which you're about to come back and judge again. Um, how do you enjoy traveling around judging shows? Man, it's awesome. Um, yeah. One, I think,
0: because I, I take it super serious it, when when you sort them on the sole fact that, like, obviously, I think everybody does. Um, but, like, showmanship means a lot because when you were, you know, man, Brody, and I didn't know how to feed a sheep correctly, and I think led to a lot of success. But I think if we could stick one, we always thought we could give ourselves a chance. Um, and then I think when you judge them, like – there's so many people that do it for a livelihood and man, we were doing it. We're still doing it. And I think just trying to be accurate when people describe them. And and I've been known to tell some people when I thought they were inaccurate. Um, But, uh, and I hope people do the same to me, but I think like, I just want to do everybody justice, whether you're first or 10th. Like, I hope I'm accurate in the way that I talk about each one of them. And maybe my priorities are different than somebody else, but at least if, if, We call out the same flaw, then you have no reason to be upset.
1: I 100% agree. And I I genuinely think that that's the only way a judge can go into the ring and do things exactly their way Um, is if you just go in there and just whatever you see, just tell them what you see. I don't like, and I don't judge a bunch of shows, but I judge. 10 or 12 a year, something like that. And all I try to do is just go in there and literally try to, I'm not trying to lie to any of these people. I tell them what I see, what I don't like, and what I do like. And sometimes I might not catch something that somebody else sees or sometimes I'm not focused on the one thing that someone else is focused on. I I think I catch that a lot too. And I catch a lot of judges doing that too. Maybe they're focusing on one thing where I'm like, I wouldn't have focused on that on this one, but like this other part of it, I probably would have focused on. You know what I mean?-hmm. There's, there's just a lot of discrepancies when it comes to, especially just judging jackpot shows and, and county fairs and there's just so many people that have a lot of opinions, and it doesn't mean that all those opinions are wrong. A majority of those opinions are going to be pretty spot-on but it comes differently when it comes from inside the ring on a microphone than in the stands 10 feet up, you know? 100%.
0: 100%. I don't know
1: know why I just decided to jump on that soapbox there. I just There's just a lot of speculation or there's a lot of shit going on with like making sure judges are doing the right job, but I think a majority of judges are doing a good job.
0: Yes, I I, I mean, I think a lot of them do, and I think some of them, man, this is going to sound arrogant, but um, some guys I think, like, you can openly admit you're not a species-specific guy, and sometimes people take shows that they shouldn't, um, and get a little lost, and I mean, I know I've done it, Um, and they ask you, you know, you get those county fairs or somewhere, that's like, can you judge all species, and it's like, I mean, I did in college, but prefer not to because like you can <laughs> you can sort you can sort forehead and you can find good from bad but sometimes there's two great ones out there that it takes a real sheep guide to determine the difference between those two sheep or a real hog guy to know the difference between those two hogs and uh, i think sometimes we get
1: a little carried away with some of our
0: evaluators myself included
1: oh uh i will raise my hand and be the first one to admit that I've taken shows where I was like, oh man, you shouldn't be really doing this one right here. <laughs> I remember, and I, it's been a couple of years, so I can say this. I don't even know if they'll have me back, maybe have me back to judge hogs and we'll talk. But Caldwell, Idaho, um, they've got one of the biggest goat shows on in that Northwest area. And they had like a judge falling out. So it was actually me and stall They called me for hogs. I told them I had to see if I can get work off. They called uh, Lucas and he took the hogs. So I was like, yeah, I'll take the goats, whatever. I didn't know that they had 200 head of goats. Like, and I'm not a goat guy, man. And and I, but I always thought I was like, goats are one of my best species, especially in college. I mean, I could get, I could work through a goat class pretty easy. I mean, I can get through this. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. That was a lot of goats that day. Those two days, showmanship and market. I I mean, I powered through it. And I say this to anybody that's going to take a show that's out of their comfort zone. It really made me a better evaluator, honestly, because it put me in such a high pressure situation that I probably wouldn't have been in for another five years. And... It made me just sit there and be like, "You got a bunch of people around you. You got a bunch of goats to sort. You need to put on your game face and get through these, and make sure that like you're doing justice to your capability." And that's all I could tell myself, honestly.
0: Yep, and 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 in that land, man, I just i i i, I really hope like we continue to do it. I think people are doing it now, and I think obviously people doing. There's so many guys out there that and females, said them both, um, that know exactly what they're doing and and they're very talented and qualified to do those things. And I think uh, my biggest thing is just I think there's people around and and producers around that, I mean, go about it the right way, um, but I still think we need to keep evaluators accountable for um, missing things, being inaccurate.
1: Can't remember that one enough. I agree with you. I think there's just such there, there's such a for as many people that want to judge shows. There's such a small amount of people that are judging shows and that that are like um, that are being called. You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that want to judge shows out there. There's a small number of people that are getting called to judge these shows, and there's a bunch of county fairs, um, which goes to show that you can't just have anybody get in there and get on a mic. I mean, it takes yeah. a special kind of personality and I've seen all types of personalities either while I was showing or helping in the ring in NJSA, you can have a bunch of different personalities in the ring, but it takes a special kind of person to get in there, give your opinion for eight hours and hang your hat on it and say, see you later mm-hmm. it's in the back of my mind now. Yep. 100%. It's um, such a wild concept, but I agree with you. I mean, I don't know why there hasn't been like a rate your judge pop up yet. <laughs> I feel I feel like judging one hundred one or LivestockJudging.com, dot com. This is a free idea for you guys. Uh, I wouldn't mind a little bit of assets in the future, but do a little rate your judge. Put a put a put a little link on there to a different platform where people can go in there, review their county fair judges, review their jackpot judges. There's got to be a way to get all these junior organizations to go to one site to look at who's being offered to judge. I mean, I, why hasn't this been done? I don't know.
0: Oh, I don't either. Or like a broker firm, like, hey, I've got 20 guys, call me. And then
1: you set it up and you just start farming out shows. Should I do it? I mean, we <laughs> might have just created an idea. Should I just, I mean, I might have to. I don't really want to build the platform, but that sounds way better your idea because I'll just do it over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh but honestly like i think that'd be a great idea for judging 101 or livestock.com i know they're i don't even know if they're um i mean i think they're both trying to revamp their deals so yeah. i think something like that could be really really cool where you could get live feedback and it could be great for the judges themselves no. i i would i mean i wouldn't love to go on there and look i mean now that i say it i wouldn't I would I would hate that, actually. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: you're not really going to read. I, mean,
1: I don't think You're going to read
0: some of the reviews because you want to know how to get better. But, like, some of them, I mean, they could get pretty hostile.
1: They could get hostile. And that's the one thing. That was um, Dr. Brett Kaysen. You know Dr. Brett Kaysen? I don't. Um, he was a judging coach at CSU. Great guy. Works at National Pork Board. Um, I believe. I hope so. Uh he told me right out of junior college I was talking to him I was like hey I'm about to start judging some shows I'd love I'd love for some of your advice he's been a great mentor to me and he the first piece of advice he gave me was as soon as you're done and as soon as you take backdrop photos with your half smile get out of there as fast as possible <laughs> don't talk to one single person it doesn't matter if they want to tell you good job it doesn't want to, it doesn't matter if they want to have you come over to their rig and see another piece of livestock that they have get out of there as fast as possible because at some point you're going to find somebody that finds you they've had a couple of many two drinks and they're going to be a little pissed off
0: oh they do the they pull the you got a class of 20 in there what's wrong with my animal that was you know
1: (laughs) oh my gosh i've already forgotten i i've forgotten (laughs) my grand drive
0: today I, i don't remember the white one
1: yeah yeah, that's that's just – but that was a great piece of advice, and I've always kind of taken that to heart. And I do – I enjoy when I'm walking out shaking people's hands, and if they want to say, hey, thanks for coming out, I, I appreciate that, blah, 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 but I'm not trying to spend any time right there. And I did – I've done that one time, and I immediately regretted it. Me Immediately regretted it where I stayed over a little bit too long, was waiting for an airplane, and – I was like, "This is a bad deal. <laughs> this is a bad idea." But uh, no, it it'll all work out. It'll all work out. Mm-hmm. So, free ideas for everybody today. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, give everybody your info. Let's 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 give your Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to plug. Yeah, it's phone just number, safe. email.
0: The most important ones, just stone cipher show sheep on Facebook or stone check out the website see the sheep
1: beautiful and what what is what are your uh, you guys offering anything here in the spring pretty soon you guys started landing. oh yeah
0: oh man we're we're, in the done. Heat of it? we're done we have oh, one, you're done I think we have one you left oh beautiful yep um and we got a pile of them on the ground. My brother's been showing them off all weekend last weekend, and we took some pictures a couple weekends ago. And um, yeah, I think we've got some some good dudes in there. I mean, we best, best set yet, right? Best set to date. Man, I, I hate to say that, but I think <laughs> the ceiling's the highest on a few of them than we've ever had.
1: No, and I I love making fun of like. Every single time someone posts something about their sale, this is the best one yet. But and I love making fun of that. But honestly, that's how your operation should run. And I think it. Just, I like to make fun of it just because it's easy to make fun of. But uh, right. theoretically, if you're if you want to have a successful operation, every single offering that you have in consecutive order should be better than the last. I, I think that's a good indication that you're doing some something good something really well you know
0: for sure and I, I i don't know i think we've got some good ones we've got some we try to diversify a little bit we've got some we started with some dorset and dorset advantage used last year raising some whites um we had a pretty good year we had grand and reserve white face at wyoming state fair last year um i think we've got one that's even better than both of those um we've got some blacks we hey, I bought a bunch of semen from some guys that i think Obviously, are at the top and at the pinnacle and trying to where we strive to be. And so, I don't know. I think there's some sheep in there that definitely worth looking at.
1: So. Sweet. Well, yeah. Um, we'll keep everybody updated. Go to Stonecipher Show Sheep on Facebook, Stonecipher Show or SS.com, right? Yep. Go check out the catalog. Um, anything else? What's your Snapchat name, Zane? You want to put your Snapchat in here? That's a little oh, old. What is it? Zane Mackey. <laughs> I hope people add you, dude. No. Uh, Zane Mackey, like I spelled in the episode title, Zane Mackey. He didn't pick anything stupid when he was 11 years old and got, or 12 years old and got Snapchat. You were probably a little older when you got Snapchat, actually. You are probably like 15 or 16, weren't you?
0: Man, I didn't even get a smartphone until I was in college. What? Yeah, I got, I got my first smartphone when I was a freshman at Casper. Oh, my. <laughs> what year was that? 2012.
1: Oh, my. Or
0: well, it was 2011. It in the fall of 2011 that I got it.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Actually, that kind of makes sense because I was a sophomore in high school. And um, that's about the time when I, I think my sophomore or junior year, I got my first iPhone.
0: Yeah, I got the, the Free X, the Free Upgrade. Man, I don't even know what it's called. It wasn't an iPhone. It's like the, man, the Cricket Galaxy, whatever thing it was.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, you bet. Oh, pay yeah. for the minutes still. <laughs> you, <laughs> pay, you for the, pay for the minutes on internet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, okay, so, uh, so, oh, my God, that's so insane that you got Snapchat in high school or in college. That's... Um, <laughs> God damn! I feel kind of bad for you. That was a great. I think time. I was a nice
0: sophomore. Day. I was trying to help BW Auctioneer
1: figure it out. Oh my gosh! Gosh, that's the one guy I got to get on the podcast. What was that?
0: What was it? the The game that came out at that time on the phone. It wasn't like Flappy Bird or anything. It was that the motorbike one where you could play each other. You get like the ghost bike, and you race each other. Oh
1: my god! Hold on, you're talking about uh, oh I, uh, the trail, the um, bike trail thing. I know what you're talking about. I used yeah. to I used the to loop, play that like every stuff. Yeah, cuz you could play with other you would like send a race. And yeah. people would race you because you had already done the track and then you would race their ghost. Yes. Oh my god. Can we bring that game back? Would you like to play? Oh, I would. I Oh, I would. bro. Okay. We're bringing that game back, dude. I'm going to download it right now. I'm going to send you a, a an invitation <laughs> to play me. So Earth. All right, dude, let's wrap this up. We're about an hour into it, so we've taken a little bit of your time. I hope you get a lunch still too. Oh, I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Selling beans in Montana. It's very, very lucrative. Spends a lot it takes a lot of your time. You can sit on a podcast for a little while. <laughs> oh yeah. Well we got a little extra help today. Of Jeff, course. Yeah. No, I'm messing around. We're I'm nice. messing around. What's, what's your up, what's your company name, by the way? Kelly Bean. Kelly Bean. Shout out Kelly Bean. No free advertisement, but if you're looking for beans, Kelly Bean. (laughs) There you Um, go. Zane, it's been great talking to you. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Um, Stay on for a little bit afterwards so that I can make sure the audio downloads. Okay. Okay, dude. Well, it was good talking with you. Uh, You have a good rest of your day.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully.
1: Fantastic guest. We'll be we'll be doing that again. I thought we had a real good flow going there, me and Zane. I think we could have talked for a little bit longer. Uh couldn't take away from his work day for too long. So here we are. It's the end of the episode and you're in the uh, you're in the outro now. Welcome to the outro. Hello, hello, hello. So we'll be back next week uh, like I said with Kirk Swaney if I can sit them down for an interview and get them under four hours for an episode, I will release that. I might release two of them, just part one and two, because it might be a long one, guys. I, just, I keep saying this, but I just want to brace you. That episode might be super long, so might have to release it in two or three or four, whatever, we'll see. Um, but come back for that. Uh, like I said, I, I mean, I'm trying to get back to a regular schedule. Um, my loyal listeners that are still listening here, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it for you guys, okay? I'm, I'm trying to put more priority on this podcast um, because I know every, I enjoy it. I really enjoy when I get into it and I know you guys listening enjoy it as well. So have a fantastic rest of your day, rest of your morning, rest of your night, rest of your week, rest of your year. Whenever you're listening to this, I love you. Have a good day.